Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to fight! Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Atlas. Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that either star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. And we are outside of the Regal Commerce Center Movie Theater in, what is this, North Brunswick, Beautiful New Jersey? Beautiful North Brunswick, New Jersey. You know, we're this is uh, a state and an area that was hit hard by Hurricane Sandy. And, and uh, what not everybody knows, Craig and I don't, we don't live near each other. We don't live in the same town uh, or the same county, but we live in the same state. Neither of us have had power since Hurricane Sandy, yeah. which was what, on Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, Monday, uh, Monday night. Okay. And this theater that we're going to, I believe today is the day they're reopening after the power went out. Yes, very excited to uh, to be able to sit in a theater and watch a movie. Uh. I know. I've been sitting around with in the dark, <laughs> yeah. in the cold. Yep, telling uh, stories. We are here to see um, The Man with the Iron Fists. Yes, starring uh, Dave Bautista. Bautista. Dave <laughs> Bautista. He's Bautista in the wrestling ring, and he has an extra U when he's not in the ring. Yes. That's his birth name. His birth name has the U in it. Mm-hmm. So let's see. We always talk about what else was out in theaters at the time. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph comes out today. Uh, Argo was was a big movie, what, last weekend? Yes, and uh, there's also another uh, movie out this week called Fun Size, which I think is a a Halloween comedy. Oh, wow. No, that's, yeah, so that would have been what came out last weekend. October 26th, yes. All right. And uh, and this uh, this film's out on, I think we said it was 18... Hundred screens when we were looking online at Box Office Mojo. Yeah, pretty small, uh, pretty small opening. Yeah, but it was more screens than like ET opened on. Yeah, you know, in 1982. So this uh, times have changed. But uh, comparatively, like Wreck It Ralph is on 3,700 screens or something, which is the other opening this week. Okay. All right. Yes, hi. I want to get a ticket for the man with the iron fist. $11. That's for the 5 o'clock show? Yes. You have a Regal Scrum Club card? 5 o'clock, right? Yeah. You have a Regal Scrum Club card? No, I don't. You can sign up after the movie. Enjoy your show. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next guest of mine? $11. Yeah, I know. Goodness, it's it's funny that you know if you wait probably six months when it's out on DVD, you, <laughs> you can buy it. it. Yeah, <laughs> you can watch it as much as you want. Hello, thank you. Did you guys close because of the storm? When did you guys reopen? Today. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what I figured. Wow. Right. seven. Do you need any snacks? I don't know. I think I might need a beverage. $8 soda. <laughs> I might get one as well. So Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah, big Dave. He uh, <laughs> he started wrestling when he was 30. Yeah. Which is very odd. It's, it's late. It's late to start. And then he started MMA when he was, what, 40? Yes, he just had his first MMA fight, uh, what, earlier this month or early last month, October. He'll start amateur wrestling at 50. <laughs> 60, he's going to start entering karate tournaments. Yeah, they said that uh, when he started, he he first trained power plant, and they WCW cut him. Power WCW plant. power plant, they cut him. They said yeah. he wouldn't make it. Yeah. Uh, some guy named Sarge, who uh, I watched, uh, uh, it's called Batista. Um, I Walk Alone. I Walk Alone, yeah. yeah. And it's his uh, DVD 2009, and I rewatched that, and in it he's having a 
talk about this guy said he had, you know, had a Napoleon syndrome and was mean to everybody and was apparently hurt hurt Dave's feelings so much that even now, you know, you know, 2009, he was still upset yeah. about it. On the wiki page for um, for that gentleman, I forgot his name at the moment. It's Sarge, though, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it has a quote from Dave Batista that says, <laughs> "He's a piece of shit." <laughs> So Dave's still upset about yeah. it. And, you know, I mean, Dave, uh, or Batista, for, you know, from every indication, seems like a pretty humble guy. Yeah, it, but it's interesting. It's like Dave made it shortly after that, so it's not like, right? Yeah, he I mean, had anything it, to be bitter about. Yeah, I mean, you think he made you'd be like, oh, look at that goof, and yeah. then you just move on. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, Batista had nothing nice to say about him. So uh, he went to Afa's training camp mm-hmm. off of the Wild Samoan, and Afa apparently went up to him and hugged him and said, where have you been? Why weren't you here 10 years ago? You know, he was just so excited because he was so big. Yeah. I was looking, uh, Batista was, you know, he wrestled in high school, started wrestling later in high school. And there was that growth spurt where you see the skinny Batista <laughs> yes. and then you see gigantic Batista. For a long time, uh, it looked like he had really long hair, too. Oh. So it was giant Batista with long hair. That's great. And uh, he... He, he was like a bodybuilder yeah. for a while, and then a bouncer. Mm-hmm. It seems like the career path for a lot of wrestlers. Yes. They start out as bouncers. Uh, shortly after, he ended up in Ohio Valley wrestling pretty right. quick. And he ended up in Ohio. Vince, uh, you know, uh, Offa called up Vince or, mm-hmm. or Jim Ross or whoever mm-hmm. was in charge, maybe Cornette, yeah. and sent him up there. And uh, and he went up there, and he was there at the same time as, like, Randy Orton. Hey, let me get a, a large diet soda. No, that's it. Yeah, and also um, right around the time that Prototype yeah, was he, there. Yeah, he, yeah uh, so John Cena was Prototype, which is he, he would do that robotic thing and do his <laughs> promos backwards and everything. And Batista was, what was his name? It wasn't Abyss, it was, uh, but it was something similar oh, to that. Oh, like... Poseidon or yeah, Leviathan? That's Leviathan. Leviathan. And he had like contact lenses and fangs and wore a chain around his neck. No, I don't. Uh, yes, I was. We're going to get a straw this big. Okay. Thank you. Just a medium Coke Zero. got a soda that's like 14 inches tall. And he actually. Um, before he, he went up to w, uh, WWE, he um, was Ohio Valley wrestling the champ. Oh, really? And he actually dropped the belt to Prototype on his way out. Okay. And they would go. So he, so he went up, I think Randy Orton went up first mm-hmm. to WWE. They all went up around the same yeah. time. But I guess it was Randy Orton, then Batista, then mm-hmm. Cena. Um, I don't know if he gave me change or not. But I mean, 75 cents, but I think I had yeah. Three, that's three Pac-Mans. Yeah, that's right. We got a Mexican standoff here. Yeah. But yeah, that was the start of the big rush of fresh talent into WWE after the accident. Right, so this is around 2002. Mm-hmm. So I believe he started training two years before this. Yeah, two, yeah. Or at least made his debut yeah. two years before this. And he actually started out in an interesting role. He started out with, um, oh my God, Devon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so from, uh, from the Dudley. Boys. Interesting's a nice way to put it. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So at the time, uh, Devon, this was uh, around you. the same time as the the right to censor gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Devon was was uh, brother Devon. <laughs> And he was wearing the white shirt. Yeah, they testify a lot, right? Right, I believe so. Yeah. And they brought um, they brought in Batista, and Batista was the guy who who watched his money. So he wore the collection box around his neck, yeah. right, and on a chain. And so he would protect his money. And then I guess uh, Devon would want to get donations from people in the crowd. And uh, a big giant Batista standing there with, you know. And you know what's funny? It's like Bold Buchanan was around this time as yeah. well. And it's really, it's lucky for Batista he didn't become Bold Buchanan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
and I think you know one of the main differences for him, and you can say this a lot of a lot of you know about a lot of the big guys uh, that made it in WWE. Is, what do you want to sit over here? Yeah, it's fine. You sure you want to go higher? Or? Go a little higher. Okay. Is you know the speed that he had. Yeah, no, he was, was, yes, he, for a big guy, he was very fast, he was very agile. Yeah, and he had a, a, you know, a a great look. I mean, it's funny, when we watched the MMA fight, he was a lot smaller. He's still a big guy. Yeah. But in WWE, he had those huge, I guess, what are those, those... The traps. Oh my God! The, the where it looks like your shoulders yeah. are giving birth to your yeah. head. Yeah. yeah. He, oh boy, he had one heck of a you know, mm-hmm. one heck of a set. Yeah. He he was huge. Just a, a mammoth, mammoth guy. So all right. So he's so he's there in WWE, and we could talk. We could talk about you know some more things about his career. Uh, I want to get to. What was it? WrestleMania 23, though, where he fought the Undertaker. Great match. See, because that's when I thought he should have... Is this the movie? What are we watching? Is this Skyfall? Skyfall. See, that's when I thought he would have broke free and become, you know, a big, big superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually remember we watched that WrestleMania together. I I remember on the card you had uh, Shawn Michaels versus Cena and Batista versus Undertaker, and we thought that the results would have been that Shawn Michaels lost to Cena and... Uh, I know Shawn Michaels beat Cena and Undertaker lost to uh, to Batista, and that would be the end of the streak. Which I guess, in retrospect, it's good they didn't do it, but it could have really changed his oh, yeah. career. Yeah, I mean, that was a point where you thought that the streak could end. Right? Yeah, no, you really did because he was the world champ. He was coming in. Anyway, we're getting close to movie time. Let's talk about the movie. When did you hear about this movie? And would you be seeing it today on Friday, November 2nd, 2012, if you weren't recording this show? I, I had read about it maybe six months ago, and then I saw the first trailer during The Expendables 2 yeah. and chuckled through the whole trailer. Okay. Um, I don't think I would be here if it wasn't um, for this show right? and if Batista wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Not that it doesn't look like a movie I'd see, but this is not the kind of movie that I would rush out to see anymore. Right. Yeah, I would. I, my thing is it looks weird. It looks like it might be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like martial arts films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tend to not like the fantasy ones. I yes. like the ones that are more grounded in reality. I know a lot of people love them. Uh, Dave Batista said that his favorite martial arts film of all time is Five Deadly Venoms, which is a film from like 1978, which is very similar to the movie that we're going to see. Um, yeah, I don't think I would have been to see this. I think what I would have done is waited for you or somebody else to see it and say, how much is Batista in it? But, from the trailer, it looks like he's in it quite a lot. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. You uh, have a plot summary? Yes, I do. On the hunt for a fabled treasure of gold, a band of warriors, assassins, and a rogue British soldier descend upon a village in feudal China where a humble blacksmith looks to defend himself and his fellow villagers. And uh, he's humble. Yes. Uh, it seems like any time is, It seems like yes, he was made, hopefully he wasn't made humble. But it does seem like every time there's a blacksmith in a movie, they're humble. Right. It's a humble profession. It's, it is. That's right. Well, you're working with animals. You're you're working with metal. You're You know, there's a lot going on. You know, you put shoes on horses and you're... I don't know, making knives or yeah, and actually, the, um, looking at the rest of the cast, there's some other interesting people here. I mean, Pam Greer's in this. Pam Greer's in this. Russell Crowe is in this. Yeah, movie. I don't. I've read back and forth that he's the star or that he's in it for one scene. Okay. And I'm wondering which one it's mm-hmm. going to be. Mm-hmm. We also have Lucy Liu, who has a connection to this kind of through Tarantino, who produced this. Uh, she was in the Kill Bill films. Well, now, did he produce this? Because from what oh, I understand, he, he just it. presents this. Yes, I forgot. Which that it means we'll nothing. You a bunch of yes. money to say like presenting. Now, I did hear this. I heard that he was on the set. Uh, he went out to. I guess they filmed in China. Uh, uh, but I was listening to an interview with uh, Riza, who's the director, and he was saying that Tar- Tarantino uh, mentored him a lot before he made it, 
you know, absolutely helped him from beginning to end and did come up on the set. But he seemed to indicate that Tarantino didn't have a lot to do with the physical making of the film. Sure. All right, well, things are starting up. Yes. We will talk to you afterwards where we'll be someplace else and we'll tell you what happened and what we thought about it. Awesome. See you then. Very good. Well, that is it. Yes. We have now seen the man with the iron fists, which is not Iron Man. No. No. He, and nor is he the man in the Iron Mask, who was not in this movie at all. No, thankfully it wasn't billed as, as such. But it was funny. Iron Man does have iron fists, though. Yeah, and iron feet. <laughs> so, uh, so from here forward, there would be spoilers to the actual plot. Yes. So be warned about that. And one funny thing, now that we're in spoiler territory, is that it took me... Till the moment where he was getting the iron fist, that I remembered that he there was going to be a point where he needed iron fist. He needed iron fist. Yeah, I had seen. I think there's a shot in the trailer where they show him putting his hands into the iron fist. Okay. But and I may be wrong about this. I think the shot in the trailer he had hands in that shot. Okay, they so hadn't done like it, this. Either they hadn't done the yet. effect, or they said, "Hey, let's <laughs> not spoil that. His hands are going to get chopped off." Yeah, um, <laughs> and. I don't know if you were amused by it or not, but I thought it was so funny that the uh, the iron fist that he ended up using. Billy Crystal? Wow. Hold on, later. There's a poster here for Billy Crystal and parental Parental guidance. guidance. I would never have. I was like, wow, that lady looks like Billy Crystal. (laughs) Yeah, he's sort of got that. uh, He's he's got a really big head. Yeah. And his hair doesn't look real anymore. No. And he looks, he looks sort of like puffy, like... Uh, puffy, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I don't know, that's strange. Um, so, uh, I, I was incredibly amused by the fact that the fists that he ends up getting yeah. are molded from Russell Crowe's arms. Yeah, so you got which, Russell Crowe's fists. <laughs> Wouldn't those be really heavy? Yeah, and like, also, it didn't seem like they did any kind of um, measurements right, to make, to make, sure, that to make sure that they were the right length mm-hmm. or that they were both the same length. Sure, um, and he was able to move his iron hands. <laughs> well, yeah, because he had the, he activated the chi. Oh, that's right, <laughs> that's right. All right, well, let's let's go through. We're gonna walk over and get some uh, some Mexican food, uh, but on the way, we'll we'll keep telling you our thoughts on the film. So let's uh, let's start out. It it opens up really really cool. They did you know very. Um, uh, Shaw Brothers, you know, inspired opening. Yeah, they, great it, title sequence. Yeah, it it looked like you were watching, you know, an old old kung fu film from the nineteen seventies. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was interesting because it was one of those opening title sequences that really doesn't have any relation to the movie. <laughs> you right, know, they're, right. they're showing guys fighting, and then they it, the title sequences ends, and. You don't even see the resolution of those fights. Right, right. Which, it was kind of neat. I, I, At that moment, I knew that I would at least enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I did too. I actually, uh, during the opening credits, I my opinion uh, was already in a positive mode. And I'm not sure that it was going into the movie. Yeah. I had a thought, this could be so weird, I'm not going to be able to follow it. It could be just something where I'm looking at the visuals and not paying attention to the story. But the opening credits I really liked. I really liked everything about it. Yeah, it had good music. And I'll, I'll talk more about the music with you later, but... Sure. Um, I, I like the the, uh, the tone that the music set as well. I love the look of the film. They really did a good job. Like the locations, there's this. Uh, what was it? The Lotus Blossom, or what was the name of? There the, was a yeah, the, house the, of ill repute yes. in the film. Yeah, just full of great. Uh, oh, beautiful production design and uh, like pink, uh, some kind of tree that was at pink, uh, pink blossoms. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go through the. Basically, the movie boils down to you meet all these characters. Uh, we don't meet Batista until about twenty five minutes in, but once we see him, he is in the movie a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, he's your, he's your pretty much your. He's not the the heavy of the movie, but from an emotional standpoint, he's the bad guy. Yeah. He's the one you want to see get his just desserts the most because he's so... He's the Luca Brasi of the film. <laughs> so, early on, we start uh, we start meeting all these different people. We meet the, the team of good guys and the team of bad guys, each separately. Yeah. Uh, we've got Russell Crowe as Jack Knight. 
Yes. Russell Crowe's put on a lot of weight over the years. It's not just for this film, though, right? He's no, just gained think, weight yeah, over Yeah, I think he's just got to that point in his career where he's not going to be playing the, you know, the... Uh, the young, yeah, you know... guy, yeah. you know. And I think he's grown into it, you know, well. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about Russell Crowe, though, was... Um, I'm not going to pick on a guy for his accent, but uh, it seemed to me like there were points where, early in the film, and it seemed like it evened out towards the end, but early in the film, it seemed like he was doing almost like an Alec Guinness thing from Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I can I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and he was great. He was Jackknife. And he um, actually, he, his gimmick was, every everybody that fought in this movie right, had right. A, some kind of gimmick. And, and it almost made it seem like you wouldn't want to fight anybody because you don't know what kind of trick they're going to pull out of their sleeves. Right. And Jack, uh, Jackknife, he had a knife that... Sort of, it spun, it spun or, around yeah. and cut you up, and it was a gun, it was right? A gun as well. And so you have that famous line that I think's in the trailer. Uh, not well, that it's not famous yet, but where he says, "I brought a, a gun to a knife fight." As he I holds up his gun, gun to a knife fight. <laughs> yeah. Now um, we see him, and he's introduced. One of his first scenes I really liked was the one with the guy. What was the guy? Hippo? Hippo? Uh, yeah, something hippo? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I. I think it might have been Big Hippo. Big but, Hippo. Yeah. And he. And he. He. he, he Says his name. Yeah, I know. That's why I wish I yeah. had remembered it because it, it was really funny. Maybe it was Blue Hippo, but yeah. whatever it was, he gets up and Russell Crowe then cuts him in half. And I thought that scene, not just the the violence of it, which was great because it really it it caught me by surprise. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it also, I, I thought it was very funny. You know, the interaction he has with the uh, with the prostitute and with uh, the hippo, mm-hmm. where he's saying, uh, "No, I have no problem with you, sir. I, yeah. I'm you and I are fine. I'm just saving her from a horrible night of being with you," which I thought was really funny. Yes. Uh, we also saw. Uh, what was his name? Lion? White Lion? Well, you had Gold Lion, uh, Silver Lion, and Bronze Lion. All right, now, Silver Lion was the main bad guy. He was the guy who looked like if you were casting for an Asian Rick James, you would hire this gentleman. Yeah, I also sort of got like a Steven Tyler vibe. Sure, yeah. I actually, whenever him and his band of guys would walk in, I kind of got this, you know, this uh, uh, hair band kind of. Yeah, yeah, you know. no, it definitely felt like they had like this Even 80s. their dress, yeah, you know, yeah. I think it was... They oh. definitely would have fit in at, a, at like an Aerosmith after party, right? <laughs> so we had him. Uh, you had his assistant, which I pointed out, only able to accept cash. We can only accept cash. Huh. That's weird. You have cash. I have cash. I do, but we use we use it the other day. But this may have nothing to do with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we were here. We've been at we've been at Mo's a few times. Where's my welcome to Mo's? Okay, good. Ooh. So, um... So, uh, Silver Lion. Yes. So, Silver Lion, I liked him. He was your main bad guy. So there were a lot of bad guys, but there were a few that stood out. Yeah. In addition to the uh, Silver Lion, there was the lion that looked like Carlito. Yes. I pointed this out at the end. He really did. Yes. Like, facially, he really resembled Carlito and Primo. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't look a lot like their dad, uh, Carlos, Carlos Colon, but uh, but definitely looked like the two younger Colones. Uh, we also saw um, Dagger. Was the guy's name Dagger? The guy with the white hair? Yeah. He didn't show up till later in the movie. He, he was, was the guy with the blow darts, though. Right. He, yeah. Which was yeah. He he, he <laughs> popped up earlier. Yeah. It, uh, it's funny because they introduced this 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 theme throughout the movie where. People were getting killed by an anonymous uh, blow dart, uh, and then I, when they revealed him, I expected some kind of big reveal, and then it just turned out to be some guy. Some guy, <laughs> but I, I don't know how it could, unless it was somebody we had already met. I yeah, don't know yeah. who else it could be. But they acted like we should know him. Yeah. Russell Crowe's character, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Batista as Brass Body. Brass Body, yes. And uh, so he's a guy who can turn to brass anytime you hit him. He was good. He yeah. has, his intro was weird. He was like juggling children at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And we also that's we also got um, thanks to his his power. There were several times in the movie where we got a CGI oh. Batista. Yes, we did. We got a CGI Batista who looked kind of like an Academy Award. Uh, but we also we got to see him do a Batista bomb early yes. in the movie. It was like one of the first things he does. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I like that a lot. What are you going to get? Um, I don't know. I, I, 
know I, I was talking about the nachos. I'm going with the nachos. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm going to get the Philly Baru nachos. Yeah, I guess the Ruprecht is the vegetarian. vegetarian. That's yeah. what that V is? Okay. Well, then I'm going to go with the Billy Baru. Yeah. What's oh, Billy man. Baru? Is that a reference to something? I don't know. It's, I, Their menus are mostly references. I thought it was mostly... Um, Seinfeld episodes? Yeah. yeah, like Art Vandelay and uh, Joey Bell. And the Close Talker? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they all are, though. Fan camp, isn't it? The Joey Bag of Donuts, that's, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Mafia show. Yeah. Wasn't that one of the guys on that uh, uh, Sopranos? Probably, yeah, yeah. I think that was one of those guys. So in terms of major characters we need to talk about, um, there was also X-Blade, who was the almost the main character of the film. Or at least he was. The oh, one okay, that, uh, yeah, he was. The, he was one of the good guys. You're yes. talking about, yeah. So your main good guys turn out to be um, the woman who's in charge of the Lotus Blossom, right? I thought her. her more, she kind of goes thought, back yeah, and forth, but towards the end, yeah, yeah, I know. But towards the end, she kind of she she comes, you know. Then that's Lucy Liu as Madame Blossom, uh, and you had. Jack Knife, he was the other good guy, and then Riza, who we haven't talked about as the man with the iron fist. But uh, who was? What was the uh, what was the man you're talking about? X Blade. Um, was it Ricky Yoon? Zen Yi. I mean, I have a list. Goodness, of, was I, it? Could it have been By- Byron Mann? No, I think, I think it was. I think it was um, the Rick. Uh, Rick Yoon. It looks like him. But this but, was a guy I've seen before. I couldn't place him. Yeah, neither could I. Um, I Very good-looking guy, yeah. you know, and he had, uh, he, he had, uh, he was kind of like the hero, I think, that we were supposed to relate to. He really was. There was almost a point where, as the movie was going on and we were getting to the end, I was saying to myself, you know what? Riza and the man with the iron fist doesn't really need to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Riza. uh, is a is a blacksmith. Yeah. He's a former slave uh, who's now he washes up on the shore. Where are they? Are they in China? They were in, yes, they were in China. I, I never. I don't think they ever said it though, did they? No. Um, well, he might have. He, okay. There was a lot of voiceover work from from Riza. Yes. So he washed up on the shore there after being freed, and he was a, he had learned the trade of being a blacksmith, mm-hmm. and so uh, so he's there working as a blacksmith until he runs afoul of the bad guys yes. so they cut his arms off. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, he's sort of gotten into a relationship with uh, one of Lucy Lee's working girls. Yes. And he's basically working um, and building weapons for people so he can buy her freedom. Right. Yeah, which is similar to the backstory he has with Pam Greer working and then buying his freedom yeah. as his mom. Yeah, yeah. And I liked seeing her. I didn't expect her to be in it much. Yeah. And I was, you know, she wasn't in it that much. Yeah. Uh, and I almost felt like you easily could have cut her scenes. Yeah. Uh, they felt they felt weird in yeah. the film. But I really yeah. was glad at how much Russell yeah. Crowe we got. Hi, can I get uh, the um, nachos, the Billy Barrow for here? Um, yeah. and, uh, uh, no, it's just going to be the nachos, yeah. Um, it almost felt like that sequence, though, almost to make us relate more to... Oh, yeah, please. Uh, the black bread. Uh, chicken, please? I want the same thing. Uh, it almost seems like they could have front-loaded that sequence where we learn about his origin. I think that would have made us care a little bit more about that character. Or yeah, it was odd, yeah, because it, it, he... It, yeah, I kind of didn't understand what his relation to the town was. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I would like the uh, the pinto beans. Uh, let me go with the pork. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, yeah. please. Um, no. Can I get a little bit of sour cream there? Um, jalapenos are good. No, thank you. No, you know what? That looks pretty good. Shredded cheese and a little bit of sour cream, and then I'm all set. Oh, Did you finish your movie theater soda? No, I left about a quarter of it. See, you should have brought it with you. Uh, I brought mine with me. I thought you would throw yours away. No, I got my vat of soda with Twilight on it. So Batista, I thought, was very good in this. He didn't have much dialogue, yeah. and but I thought he delivered his dialogue well. Um, I thought he his 
his look works perfectly for the film, yeah, and he, which is funny because you saw his tattoos, including, yeah. I think, one of them's his daughter's name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Ray, Ray Mysterio's daughter's name, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, I think he has the flag of the Philippines on his arm, and yeah. I believe we saw that in this yeah, movie. Which I actually was... think it's a combination of the Philippines and uh, Greece. Oh, okay. Is that his, uh, his, his heritage? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, which I remember reading earlier today. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. I've seen Batista in a couple movies now. I saw him in that, another movie I hope we talk about. This is interesting to talk about. All right, so... Batista's done. Uh, what are the movies he's done? Wrong Side of Town. Wrong Side of Town with Rob Van Dam. And tell me about that. What'd you think about him in that? Um, I, I liked him. Um, he was really, really uh, relaxed, which I was surprised a lot because a lot of times you see wrestlers in movies and they're stiff. Right. But his performance was really, really relaxed in that. And he kind of played a. And he's not the lead in that, despite no. being on the poster. Van Damme's in yeah. it more than him. Yeah. There's really a lack of Batista in that movie. What's really cool. No, separate. separate. I'll take a drink with that, please. And the House of the Rising Sun? Yeah, which I actually saw parts of. Oh, interesting. On HBO uh, one night, and I was I was mad that I had missed it, and they didn't replay it again. Uh, no drink. Now that one, he's the lead. He's on the yeah. poster, and the scenes I saw, he was turning in the best performance of the movie, which I actually okay, wow. tweeted about at the time, which I thought was interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow, that's really interesting. Let's. Uh, so you want to take this one towards the back, yeah. or you want to take? Are you getting a soda? Oh yeah, that's right. That's interesting. Now, how do you think his performance in this compared to those movies? Um, I thought it was. I thought it was adequate. Right. Um, you know, I, I think he was used well. We're at one of these... Um, Got a lot of choices. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with the cherry. I'll take a Coke with cherry. One of these make-your-own-flavor uh, Coke machines. Indeed. All right. There we go. Get my big, giant beverage. Let's take that last table back. All right. Yeah, I need I need a ton of the napkin line is the longest in the place. Yeah. Normally it's the soda machine. So yeah, we're at we're at Moe's Southwestern Grill, which is one of the one of the best fast food type places. If, if somebody hasn't been here, I would say it's kind of like a subway for Mexican, Mexican food. food. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're gonna chow down and we will be back with you afterwards. Give us our final thoughts on the movie. Talk a little bit more about Batista's career. And uh, and we'll we'll also sum up who everybody else was that we know in the film. So we'll see you in a bit. All right, we're back. We're full of nachos. Oh yeah, yum. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk about the other people involved in this. Mm -hmm. You've got the RZA, who is a musician, member of the Wu Tang Clan, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a group of rappers that are obsessed with Shaw Brothers Kung Fu films, yes. including the Wu Tang films. Yeah, yeah. Um. And Eli Roth had a lot to do with the writing of this. Did he have anything to do that you know of other than writing? Uh, I think he was a credited he was like producer. He's like on set and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So he's a producer. Tell about who he is, because we've both met him. I know you're very familiar with yeah. him. Eli Roth um, hit the scene with uh, Cabin Fever back in the early 2000s. He went on to direct the Hostel films, Hostel 1 and 2, which you could say sort of ushered in the torture porn era. Right. <laughs> and he uh, he was also uh, became buddies with Quentin Tarantino. He directed a segment of one of the fake trailers in Grindhouse. He did the Thanksgiving trailer. Oh, right. And, and also he played uh, a role in, in Inglorious Bastards. He played the Bear Jew. Um, and he, he hasn't directed a film in a long time, which kind of bothers me. But he seems to have really gone into producing and sort of shepherding other filmmakers. Yeah. Now, interesting thing about this, he was on set all the time. Uh, he also, the, the story that I heard was that Riza, whose real name is Robert Fitzgerald Giggs, was doing an interview, and what he said was that um, he, Tarantino, uh, mentored him, and he, he talked to him about 
you know, how he wanted to make films and stuff. And Tarantino said, you should write a film. And he said he wrote about a 60-page script that he said, in his own words, he said, was fun but not very good. Mm -hmm. And so then he said he met Eli Roth on a plane, and I think Eli Roth fleshed it out and then rewrote it with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's probably safe to say that Eli Roth is the main writer Mm -hmm. on this film. You know, it took ideas from this. This film has a lot of really, like... If I sat here and named all my favorite little moments oh, of yeah. this, it'd be 150 of them. It yeah. has a lot of really clever little sight gags and, oh, you and know. Even the dialogue, too. Yeah, really, really well written. Um, so, you have your group of good guys, you have your group of bad guys. Did we cover everybody, every, you know, moment of them that you can think of that you really liked other than Batista? I think so. I think we, we covered all of the great uh, Russell Crowe jackknife moments. Uh, yeah, well, well, there was a, a, a little... Uh, we're getting into X-rated territory here. Yeah. But he basically comes into town uh, before we really know what his motives are. Right. And he goes to the brothel and he, and he uh, picks three girls. Um, and there's several scenes. It seems like he entertains them for quite a while. Right. And there's one scene where they're, they're in a bathtub. And he comes up from, from between... I, I, you know, it was. It seemed like they were they were pretty obvious with what went on, right? And then he kisses her, which you know, it was a nice gesture. I thought <laughs> there was there was a lot of gags. He had like four women in his room at a time, and uh-huh. and, and there was actually the scene where he goes out to um, to, to start fighting, and they say, "Don't you want to take care of?" Um, Pleasure, pleasure before, before business. business, and he goes, "You were business. This is going to be pleasure," which I think is also right. in the trailer. Yes. Um, so yeah, he was very good. I really liked him. I always like seeing Russell Crowe, uh, and you know, I think we both talked about him as far back as uh, Virtuosity with Denzel Washington. Oh yeah, he is really yeah. good in uh-huh. that. Yeah, that's a, a, an underrated film. You know, it's sort of about like a computer robot type. Yeah, he's like a character. virtual. Yeah. And he's great at it. I remember seeing it, and it's a real low-budget, cheap kind of film. Yeah. And when I saw it, I was like, this guy should get the Oscar for this. He's so great. Yeah. I think he's become one of those actors that he people forget about his talents because of all the goofy stuff he does in his personal in his life. personal life. Hitting people with phones and his silly band and, you know. Yes, I think you're absolutely right on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's really good in this. Uh, the other lead is really good. And, and and then you get Rizza, mm-hmm. and we talked about how he gets these these iron fists, yeah. uh, which I thought was a cool visual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that it felt like it belonged when it happened in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it felt like it should have either happened earlier yeah. or well, at the very yeah, end yeah. or something. I, that, yeah, that was like when we were talking when we were online about you know putting his flashback at the yeah. beginning of the movie. It, it almost. It, it felt like it didn't have as much weight as it should have. Right. Yeah. So he gets these these iron fists, which later he gets the one on one showdown with, with Batista yeah. at the end. Batista's brass body, where if you hit him, whatever you hit turns to brass. Yeah. And so they go one on one, and he ends up remembering something he learned from Tibetan monks or something. Yeah, that was a weird sequence because they did they did spell it out earlier, and yeah. it was and they did a good job, I thought, of calling back to mm-hmm. it. When they did it the first time, I wasn't paying attention because yeah. I didn't think it was important. Yeah, but the visuals of when they did it the first time. I stood out, and yeah. when they cut the way that they did it, I totally remembered the scene. Yeah, and so he hit some special spots on his body, and yeah. that uh, that enabled uh, the brass body to, to be taken yeah. down. Did that have anything to do with the um, the, the the nick on the neck well, that the the girl had given him? Because it seemed like he. They showed something on his neck, and the girl yeah. had tried to yeah, stab him. Yeah, the girl. Him in the, the, the girls have tried to stab everybody in yeah. a really cool scene where all of the girls are with all the bad guys, yeah. and you think at this point that Lucy Lou's, you know, down with whoever's got yeah. the money, and then she turns on him, and, and there's a furious fight scene with ribbons that cut oh, yeah. and all kinds mm-hmm. of other stuff. But I don't know. I just was wondering if it was that he saw that he was mortal, and then yeah, he decided to go with that attack he knew. But I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, decided to do tiger style. <laughs> that was another cool moment where Rizzo says uh, he, he notices I that. Your clan, yeah. yeah, I thought your clan was was ex- extinct, and uh, he goes, uh, "They are extinct." 
Uh, I killed him. Yeah, I killed him. <laughs> you know, you get that extra mo- that extra heel, you know, moment. You yeah, know? yeah. Batista um, looks exactly the way we remember Batista looking. I mean, yeah. there, there's nothing. They didn't dress him up except for when he turns into iron yeah. or um, yeah. uh, uh, brass. Yeah. But he looks, you know, he's, he's got the same hairdo and everything. Did he have a little nose stud? Yes. Which he, I didn't notice until the end yeah. credits when they show all the characters, all the characters get there. The, you know. There was a shot earlier, I saw it, and I was like, wow, he wore his nose stud in this. He had that towards the end of his WWE run. And I remember one match where he was wrestling Cena on TV, and there was some blood, and I was trying to figure out if his nose stud had gotten ripped or yeah. something. I would think that I would take it out if I wrestled, but who yeah. knows? Maybe. Well, that was like when CM Punk always wrestled with the lip ring. Yeah, I would think it's going <laughs> to it's gonna get caught or yeah. something's going to happen. They're going to push through it. Uh, let's talk about Batista's career a little mm-hmm. more thoroughly because we kind of we, we talked about it up till his start, and then we flashed all the way to WrestleMania 23. Yeah. When Batista came out, Deacon Batista, uh, a really bad role, you know, <laughs> Really, I mean, this could have been it for him. Yeah, I mentioned like a, Bull Buchanan. Yeah. This, this is, you know... It's a botchamania, WrestleCraft type of uh, exactly. gimmick. And and this could have been the end for him. Luckily, they go from that to Evolution, which is one of the greatest factions you could mm-hmm. ever have. So you got, you know, him alongside Randy Orton, who is about to break through, Triple H, and Ric Flair. And, and the interesting thing about that was everybody thought at the time that the next big star out of that group, the, the one who was going to break through, was Randy, who eventually did yeah. break through. And I think it's it's arguably that he's bigger than Batista was, mm-hmm. but Batista was the next guy to break through yeah. out of that group. Um, he turned face, he fought against Triple H for the heavyweight title, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 21, and won it. Mm-hmm. Huge moment. You'd think that'd be his biggest moment in his career. Mm-hmm. And he's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, he's actually, I don't have the number in front of me, but he's actually the longest reigning world heavyweight champion in WWE sense. history. Yeah, no, that makes total Which sense. isn't the main title, it's the WCW belt, so yes. it's only been in, in WWE since 2002 or, or, or whatever, but it's still an impressive number. So... Two, two years later, he fights against Undertaker. We talked about this, and again, at this time, the streak existed, but it really was something that they only had started talking about around the 10th you know, win in the streak. They started pointing it out. They didn't. I don't think they even, even Undertaker noticed it yeah, yeah. for the first five or six. Yeah. It was not a streak until uh, uh, his 10th win, or, which was against Triple H, I believe, yeah. his first Triple H match mm-hmm. before his second and third Triple H match. But uh, before that point, it wasn't something that was thought about. And then when it started ramping up and he fought against you know guys like Edge and Batista, mm-hmm. it, it really felt like it was something that would be broken. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. they were building it up and then they were going to break it. Because at the time, it also was not as impressive yeah. as you would think. Because he wasn't having the... He wasn't stealing the show, Undertaker, every year. No. He missed a couple years. Yeah, yeah. And he wrestled one against Big Show and A-Train. Yeah, which was after Nathan Jones sort of fizzled out. Yes. And Nathan Jones was supposed to be his tag team partner in that match. Yes. And then he ended up getting pulled and he did a run-in at the end. And that's the only reason that that wasn't a tag team match, which yeah. I would think can't be part of the streak. Yeah. Um, and and A-Train, of course, mm-hmm. is Lord Kensai. Yeah. Uh, for any new listeners. And then you also have the Giant Gonzalez match, which me and my brother watched recently on the Streak DVD that came out that's got every match from the Undertaker streak, and that match, Giant Gonzalez gets disqualified. Giant Gonzalez. He uses chloroform on Undertaker. Right. There is, it's, it's, I think that that makes the streak not a streak. I really yeah. don't think it counts at that point. Granted, Giant Gonzalez, historically, God rest his soul, yeah. is not, you know, the caliber of the Undertaker, but that also points out the guys he was beating. King Kong Bundy. Snooker. Snuka uh, at yeah, the end Snuka, of his prime. and these were all at the end of their prime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Snuka, his first match at WrestleMania, which was the, the he was that was when Undertaker went from being a guy who had just started that everybody's like, oh yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with this guy. He came out at that WrestleMania crowd went nuts and he tore Snuka apart, mm-hmm. and people said, wow, you know, and notice. And then there was a lot of he would he wrestled against Jake the Snake when Jake was on his way out. Yeah. He wrestled against King Kong Bundy <laughs> who was coming back, uh, Big Boss Man during the really late stages of his career. So the the point to all this is 
at the time when Batista wrestled him, that was probably the last time at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 23, that you really thought it was likely Undertaker yeah. would lose. Uh, now, I mean, you know, when you watch those matches now, they're the best match on the card. Oh, yeah. And this one may very well have been yeah, the yeah. best match on that card. But now you watch them, and you know how it's yeah, going to yeah, end. Yeah, you yeah. know what's going to happen yeah. at the end. Yeah. So, a uh, very interesting, you know, moment in his career. Uh, and uh, for a lot of wrestlers, that would be the highlight of their career. Yes. But he went on to have a pretty good run. I'd say great run against Cena. Yeah. Yeah, this is the last run of his career, possibly. Yeah, hopefully, he come hopefully, back. and I, and I, we'll talk about why I say hopefully. But so you're saying hopefully he doesn't come yeah, back as much as I like to see him yes. in the ring. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this. He he starts off uh, feuding with Cena, it builds up to a fight at <laughs> WrestleMania 26, which would be the blow off match for most feuds. This yeah. is at the University of Phoenixville Stadium, yeah, yeah. which Phoenixville doesn't have a football <laughs> team yeah. because they're a um, they're an online yeah, yeah, university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a little crazy to me. I sure. like to point it out. But anyway, this is in Arizona, mm-hmm. and he loses to uh, to John Cena. Yeah. And this was one thing that I love that the, the, some of the promos that Batista and Cena cut against each other, because like, Cena made it a point to always refer to him as Dave. Yes. <laughs> which it almost seemed like a little dig, but it didn't seem to bother anybody, and always just made me laugh. Yeah. It'd be... It'd be, hey, Dave, hey, John. They, they talked via satellite a lot. Batista at this point was wearing, like, he was wearing a lot of, like, polo shirts. He was doing this Kanye West kind yeah, of gimmick yeah, where sunglasses. he wore the sunglasses, and he was just a pompous ass, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, he, so after that, you assume that was the blow-off, and a lot of people believe that Batista's contract was up oh, at WrestleMania. Yeah. And from then on, they wrestled several more matches. And after each one, this was the end of Batista's contract. And then they, they, he'd be on Raw the next night, and they'd say, well, I guess they extended it a little further. Yeah. Extreme rules. Yes. With <laughs> this was one hell of a match with one heck of an ending. Yeah. Um, was it um, you, you had a – the stipulation for that match was – Last Man Last Standing. Man standing. Right. So uh, you had to answer a ten count, right? Yeah. So yeah. So he, Batista wouldn't stop coming back yeah. up. So Cena came up with the, the very clever idea of taping his feet together, which infuriated the crowd mm-hmm. yeah. and the people watching at home. I thought it was funny. It was. It was. It was. I it, thought it was a good twist on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was it. And then uh, then he wrestled at Over the Limit, where he uh, Cena. Uh, had him up in the I Quit match. In the I Quit match, so Cena's holding him up. They're standing on top of a car. Cena's got him in the FU, and he's like, "I quit, I quit, I quit." And so Cena then, in a total heel move, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. does the FU anyway. Yeah. And and Batista goes through the the stage. Apparently, hits his shoulder or something, mm-hmm. and sort of injures himself. Comes back the next night on Raw, and that's his last match in, in WWE, which yeah. the I Quit match. Yeah, and he comes out and he cuts a great promo where he says. Uh, He's quitting. Um, when he leaves, the WWE will be out of business within days. And he really went out without any ego. He went out looking like a, a, a you know a, a sore loser, a jackass. He's in and, a wheelchair. In a wheelchair, and you know they're they're doing the na 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 chant when and he leaves. He's, he's he, building that up. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. totally is is not giving a you know sad yeah. goodbye. He's yeah. giving a uh, screw all of you <laughs> yeah. people and making them hate yeah. him more. It's, as it's really one of my favorite. It, it was almost kind of like when Jericho leaves. Right. And I think that Batista and Jericho are, are, you know, they're from that era of wrestlers where they don't, they're, they're able to separate the person from the wrestling career. Right. Whereas back in the 80s, you couldn't do that. Right. If, like Roddy Piper, who would, you know, notoriously not want to lose. You yes. know, whereas, yes. you know, you know. No, I think you, you're right. And it ends with a wonderful moment where Batista's like, I'm leaving and I'm quitting and I'm never coming back. And he leaves, and then you hear uh, the announcer go, Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Dave the Animal Batista. (laughs) As he's leaving, you know, to this chorus of booze. Really fantastic. So, at this point, he's leaving. Now, 2009, they did that I Walk Alone DVD. So, Mm -hmm. that's before this. And at the end of that, they, they go through his career. And at the end, there's two things that stood out to me. One was Triple H goes... He's, he's the kindest guy in the world. He'd give you the shirt off his back, which struck me as odd because he doesn't wear <laughs> shirts very often. 
And there was a thing on TMZ once where he was out in, in Las Vegas and he was just standing around in the street without his shirt flexing for people. And this was during the, the push where Vince wanted them all to wear suits and yeah. be very, and Batista's like outside of a nightclub, you know, with his shirt off. So he'd give you the shirt off his back. But the second thing was Batista ends the DVD by saying, I hope I'm with this company until I retire. I hope I'm with this mm-hmm. company until I die. Yeah. I want to, you know, work for this company forever. Mm-hmm. And then he left. Yeah. And he said that he left because he didn't like the direction they were going. Yeah, it's which interesting. Which I don't think was ever clarified. And Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he left. He trained to do MMA, which a lot of people said, he's way too old for this. Mm-hmm. And he clarified that, look, I don't think I'm going to be champ. Yeah, I just yeah. always wanted to do this. Sure. I thought it'd be fun to do mm-hmm. it. And uh, he, he Much his, delayed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they it waited It seemed like forever. they were talking for a couple of years about his MMA debut. Right. Debut. And we saw pictures of him where he looked noticeably thinner than he had when he was wrestling. He looked like a normal guy. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really did. He looked like, you know, you wouldn't... If a he had tall a guy, on, but yeah. a normal guy. And so, um, so then he finally had this match. Uh, he was fighting against a guy named Vince Lucerno, who was a journeyman fighter, not the best-looking guy, but, I mean, uh, just a, a, a chubby guy, you know, who just didn't look good in the ring, but was, you know, very precise, you know, knew what he was doing in mm-hmm. MMA, and, and I guess was a decent challenger for a guy like Batiste on his mm-hmm. first match. Um, it still had, ended uh, in the first round. Yes. Yeah. They had a, a little back and forth, and, yeah. and Batista wins from a bunch of unanswered strikes. Yeah, he had the guy uh, on his belly and was on top of him. Yeah. And he started punching him in the back of the head. And, I mean, there's a point where the ref says, well, this guy's just taking punches, and he's not. Now there's nothing he can do, which is, we've talked about, you know, why, I, or at least we talk about wrestling versus MMA. Right. And this is, to me, why I prefer to watch wrestling. Yeah, because you're going to get a real of, ending, yeah. yes. MMA kind of disturbs me. I don't like seeing guys get punched in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is something un- disconcerting about seeing a guy get punched in the head, and and it's a guy really get yeah, punched yeah. in the head. It's a guy who might not be able to remember his kids when he's 80 now because <laughs> Batista was hitting him in the back of the head. Yes. Uh, afterwards, the two of them yelled at each other for a little bit. The ref separated them. And actually, during the match, there were a few moments. One moment, uh, Batista was, was, I guess, talking to him. At another point, the, the, his opponent was waving to the crowd while they were locked up. There were, there were some weird moments in this. And then it ends with them, you know, getting in almost a fight afterwards, which then they make up and they're, they hug and they're real, you know, they talk to each other. Batista gives a, an interview where he says this guy punches like a horse. Yeah. Um, really, you know, it's a fun thing you know to check out if you see it. But it, I hope that uh, he does well in that. I, I uh, he looks good. I mean, he's got the look for it. But, but actually, I'd also like to like to think that hopefully he does a lot more movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we started talking about his movie career. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about the fact that he did The Wrong Side of Town, which also has Van Damme. We talked about House of the Rising Sun, where he's got a lead part. Uh, this year, Scorpion King 3 either came out or is coming out. Yeah, I have no a, idea. I think a straight-to-video deal. Yeah, so I don't know if it's out. Uh, he plays a character. I thought it was Gargamel at first, <laughs> yeah. but it's Argamel. Yeah. Uh, it's called Scorpion King Battle for for Redemption. The first Scorpion King was The Rock. Yeah. Second one was what? Randy Couture. Couture. Yeah. So uh, so they, they they went with Batista. Yeah. And Kimbo slices in that as well. I think. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. Very interesting. Now, yeah. uh, then you get this film, mm-hmm. and the next film on his table is uh, Riddick, which I didn't know till today, and that has uh, Vin Diesel yes. apparently coming back. So mm-hmm. that'll that'll be interesting. Uh, a few botches I want to talk mm-hmm. about in the career of oh, Batista. Yeah. Uh, the one that, that I always remember that I always thought was so funny, which is not his fault at all, mm-hmm. but a guy got past security and was backstage <laughs> and stands in front of him. And if yeah, you get a chance... Where they throw the commercial and they show right. Batista sort of jumping he's up kind of, Yeah, he's doing the uh, shift in his weight. Getting ready. You know, look, look, he's getting ready in the back. And this this young guy jumps in front of him and goes, and does the Batista machine gun thing in front of him, the thing that Batista does when he gets out on the ramp. And Batista looks at him like, what what are you doing? And then security comes up, and the guy runs away, and Batista smiles, and and Jerry Lawler, I think, couldn't keep it together. Very funny botch. Yeah, and then also another botch that I just love was during a match uh, that involved a Mark Henry run-in. And this yes. was, I think we talked about, the end of 
towards the end of Batista. This is towards the end of his career. Uh, it was Mark Henry ran in to save John Cena, which yeah. at the end of the night, Batista beat up Mark Henry, okay. and Cena didn't come out and save him, which is a lesson to you kids. Yeah. If, if John Cena's in trouble, don't go save him, because he won't be there for you. So, um, Batista sees uh, Mark Henry coming, and uh, Mark Henry gives him a ginger headbutt, yes. a very, very light yes. headbutt, and Dave, you know, he does, uh, he does basically the bump that you learn in wrestling school, and then flips over. It defies description <laughs> what happens. Uh, Dave starts to walk back and then it's like I need to sell it bigger because I need to be on my back launches to his back and then flips over it's some of the best overselling you'll ever see Uh, and that was great that was in May 2010 I'm sure you can find that on YouTube a hundred different ways so so look for that Um, we always like to talk about what's going on in wrestling at the time a movie comes out so if you're listening to this today, you already know what's going on. CM Punk is uh, is the wor- is the WWE champ, yeah. and the World Heavyweight Champ is Knucklehead Star, yeah, the Big, big show. show. Unless he lost it tonight, <laughs> yeah. while we're eating burritos and nachos, he he could have been on SmackDown yeah. losing it. Uh, and over in TNA, Jeff Hardy's the champ. TNA has a lot of champions. I pulled up their list of yeah. champs, and I don't watch TNA mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah. And they have like Rob Van Dam has the X Division yeah, title. Like the old, that's like the the hardcore or the high flyer, the cruiserweight. It almost seems like it's the hardcore and cruiserweight all sort of rolled into one. And you have uh, uh, also uh, Samoa Joe had like the TV title. Yeah. And then there was there was also, and this blew me away, on the Wikipedia page, uh, James Storm is the undisputed beer drinking champion. Uh, apparently won this in 2008 and has not had to defend it since. But uh, It's I, sort of like Zack Ryder, Ryder's internet title. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know the episode that that happened. Did you notice in the movie uh, that Gold Lion actually had a belt? Yeah, or Silver Lion. He there's took a Gold Lion holds it up, he and then he wears it, it uh, during the final fight. He's got it on, or at least before the fight, he's got it on. If anybody is wondering about the vacuum sound, <laughs> we're we're sitting not very far from the bathroom, but it has this high powered fan that you put your hands under, and it, it blows the skin yeah, off of yeah, your I hands. I lost a layer of skin earlier, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he has this belt, and he holds it up. It's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a couple. Uh, references to wrestling in this movie that I think are totally inadvertent. One of them was uh, she says the winds of change which just made me think of of Wade Barrett Barrett and his whole winds of change promo from NXT. Um, And then there was also a character in this that you mentioned to me had a connection to a WWE star. Yeah, goodness. What was it? She she had been on the real world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, The Iron Fist... Um, girl was uh, played by uh, Jamie Chung, who you've probably seen in Sucker Punch or The Hangover 2. Um, but she was originally uh, started out in reality TV on The Real World. San Diego. Yes, she was not on the same season as The Miz, but they would be on the same show in 2005, The Real World Road Rules Challenge. And they were on a team together, The Miz and Jamie Chung, who you could almost argue were the two most successful people from... Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you've had some people go on to small acting careers, but they've both, you know, sort of carved out a pretty good career for themselves. Yeah, The Miz is very interesting in that of all the people that have ever gone from mainstream entertainment to wrestling... He's the only one that seems to, that's where he wants to be. Most people go the opposite direction. Most of the guys in the WWE, you get the feeling they'd be happier to be on road rules on MTV than in WWE. You know, that, especially, that seems to be like all the divas, that's where they want to go is to be on some reality show. So I guess this brings us to the all important question Mm -hmm. of whether you tapped Mm -hmm. to the man with the iron fist. All right, I, I got to say that this is one of those movies that I could see myself uh, putting on or coming on on the TV, and you know, if I'm doing other stuff around the house, I could mute it and and just look at the TV every once in a while and you know check out a scene. I think that as, as loose as this movie was at points in terms of you know having you know undefined hero, um, a little bit too much wire foo for my my tastes. Um, I gotta say though, it was entertaining. It, you know, 
it came out of the gate, you know, telling me what kind of movie it was, and it stayed that kind of movie. Um, we've talked about before that a movie's ending really uh, affects your enjoyment of it. Yes. Had a great ending, and I got to say, I did not tap. All right, very good. I went into this. I recently saw a straight to video uh, movie. I think it was straight to video called Sukiyaki Django, and it was. Uh, uh, produced or presented possibly by Quentin Tarantino and visually it looked a lot like this and I didn't like it and it had all of the stuff I don't like about uh, the fantasy martial arts films which this film had as well and what I don't like is when they get so convoluted I can't follow it anymore and when there's too many double crosses too much of this too much of that and that movie also felt like it was being weird sometimes just for the sake of being weird this film, I really didn't feel that way about. I felt that everything had a purpose. It was tight. I mean, it was not, it didn't, you know, there were a couple of things that I would have done in a different order, a few things here or there that I may have cut, but most of it felt so perfect and it's such a good sequence and, and very, you know, well put together, well crafted, well written. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. I love Batista in it. If you're a Batista fan, sit tight because it does take a while for him to get into it. But once he does, he's all over it. And I, I definitely did not tap. I could watch this again. Uh, it was an enjoyable film, and I'm glad we got to see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, next week, assuming we have power, <laughs> yes. and this is a big if, yeah. uh, but next week Skyfall comes out, yeah, James very, Bond. Yeah, very excited. And so there is no wrestler that we know of in Skyfall. It may happen that Bobby Roode has a small part in it. Yeah. You know, it could be that when we go see it, Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> is in it. But because there's no wrestler in it, what we decided we'd do is go into the James Bond archive. And mm -hmm. the one film that we know as a wrestler in it mm -hmm. is Goldfinger. Yes. Uh, Harold Sakata wrestled as Tosh Togo in the 1950s and much more famous for being the villain in, in Goldfinger. Odd job. And so he's the one, describe who he is for anybody that, that knows the movie and doesn't know the name. Odd job is Goldfinger's driver. He wears the gray suit with a top hat that he uses to cut people's heads off. And famously parodied in Austin, Austin Powers Pi yeah, yeah. by a guy who throws his shoe. Yeah, and that character Random Task. Yes, <laughs> which we will talk about him, I hope, next week because yeah. there's a sad mm -hmm. story mm -hmm. behind that gentleman. And we'll also briefly touch on another Bond movie that has a wrestling connection. So, so uh, yeah, if you're interested good. in that, stay tuned for that. So hopefully that'll be next week, assuming we have power. If not, Fingers we'll crossed. figure something out. <laughs> and uh, that's it for this time and we will see you next time. Craig, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. And we'll see you on the next Camel Clutch Cinema. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crap. Don't you see? Your skills plus my skills in the ring. Tag team. Howard Patrols is John Triton. What are you doing up there? Staying away from you. No more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody want to feel that? What's that smell? Down goes Jimmy King! Oh my god, a four-post massacre! No one can survive this! This isn't even a pay-per-view!